As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Hi friends, my name is Paul Renner. Welcome to the home group tonight. My father Rick Renner asked me to lead the home group and I am so glad that you are here with us. Today we'll be talking about Easter because that's what my father's talking about in the daily program and of course because we'll be celebrating Easter soon. Along with me here in the studio is my mother Denise and my brother Joel. Hi, Paul. Hi, home group. We're happy to be with you. I know that you probably are enjoying these home groups this time together. I sure am. I'm enjoying being with Paul and with Joel and with you because we are, we are studying and thinking about and meditating about the most precious and powerful and wonderful act of love that was ever in the whole world. And that's when our God was manifest in the flesh, incarnate, and came and suffered and died for us to give us redemption. Amen. There's nothing more powerful. That's right. That's right. But, Mama, I want to stop just for a moment and say how much I like your shirt. Those tigers look so cool. (laughs) Thank you, Joel. Yes, ma'am. They are are tigers. I know that. Well, my dear friends, we are so glad to be with you. It's an honor to start the Bible with you guys. You are from all over the world, and we appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you so very much. It's an honor we get to study the Bible together. And in the comments, would you please let us know where you're from? It's so much fun to see where we're all coming from, and it's a joy to be with you. Please share this, this video with your friends. As many people as possible need to hear about the wonderful, wonderful story of our Christ, Jesus. And that is so very important. You know, Easter Sunday is just right around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's just in a few days from now. Who are you going to invite to church? Think about it. And invite that person to church. Have the courage to invite them to church. They need to hear about Christ. So many people come to church on Easter Sunday. I don't know why that is. I wish everyone came to church every Sunday. But, you know, it's a great opportunity to invite someone new to hear the Easter story. It really is. And pray for your pastor. You know, this Easter, your pastor is going to have the opportunity to speak to a lot of people and pray for him to have the right word for the right person so that they can receive Christ into their life. Amen. Now, I think you should download the uh, the study guide that's available for you right now. This is the one to download. It's the big one. And it's on the big, big subject of the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This probably is the most important subject for a Christian. So you need to read as much as you possibly can about it. Know that this is very, very factual. It's important to understand that this is factual. When we read about the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the Bible, we read so many accounts of how people actually saw and spoke to the resurrected Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the proof that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. We can trust and believe on him because he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he would die and he would be resurrected on the third day. He did it. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our victory over sin and death. It's the victory that God wants to give us. So believing on Jesus today is what gives us the forgiveness and the freedom that we need. It's amazing what we receive based on or because of what Jesus did for each of us. Amen? Amen. Paul, when you said that, I just have to read the scripture because it's so victorious. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it says, death is swallowed up in victory. That's 
verse 54 and 55 says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Mm -hmm. Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have victory because Jesus conquered death. He conquered it. Amen. Paul, I know t tonight we're going to talk about the last words of Jesus before mm -hmm. he died on the cross. But I just want to read from the study out really quickly. Okay. Jesus' final words, it is finished, were very telling. When he shouted this phrase, he was conveying four significant messages at that defining moment of his sacrifice. His mission was accomplished. Atonement was completed. Our debt was paid in full. And a new beginning had come. Mm-hmm. Of course, today you can follow along by downloading the study guide, or if you have the book paid in full, it's a great way to follow along tonight. Or if you have Sparkling Gems number one, you can also follow along with Sparkling Gems number one because very similar material is provided in all three of these resources. So I'm actually looking at April chapter 25th in Sparkling Gems number one. Mom's got paid in full open. Joel's got the study guide open. We're all studying the same material here from different resources. And the quickest way you can get this material is by downloading the study guide. Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 and 51. Jesus cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twine from top to bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent. So we actually spoke about this a little bit yesterday because Jesus was crucified at a place called Golgotha where you, that you could actually visit today. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is Golgotha. You can actually visit that place today. And one of the most impressing, impressive parts of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is where you see the cross was above and the place where Adam's skull was beneath the cross. Mm -hmm. And at the moment of that earthquake, the blood of Jesus that ran down the cross went through the cracks in the rocks that you can actually see today mm. and touched and dripped on the skull of Adam. So we see that Jesus became the second Adam and took upon himself fixed everything that happened with the first Adam. So Golgotha, the place of the skull, is a real place. You can actually visit the place where Jesus was crucified. You can actually see the results of the earthquake that happened that day. And you can see where Jesus was buried and where he was resurrected from. I think that's so significant because often we we read the the words, we read the New Testament, and it seems like it, it, it happened so long ago in a place so, so far away, but you can actually see and visit these places, meaning that all through this story, there's proof that this actually happened. And that's actually why in this story you have references to names and places. The references to names and places that you read during the Easter story are important because it helps you know that this actually happened, there were real witnesses of this happening, and there were people involved in it in that day. And the writers 
of the gospel of that day were writing to people that could actually reference what they were writing and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not the way it happened. Or they could say, that is exactly what happened. For instance, John chapter 19, verses 38 and 40. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he may take away the body of Jesus and Pilate gave him leave. So we have reference here to a real person, Joseph of Arimathea, who people at that time knew, who went to Pontius Pilate, the person who was in charge of Jerusalem at that time, to get permission to take Jesus' body down from the cross Mm -hmm. and bury him. Mm -hmm. We have real people and real places referenced here so that we can know that this actually happened. He died. And there are references to these people in other literature also. So this is not myth. This is stuff that really happened. And we believe in the resurrection of Jesus when we proclaim that Jesus was risen from the dead, we have proof behind it. And of course, it's by faith, but we have proof behind it. So it's, it's encouraging to me that the Bible provides proof for all of this. Oh, yes, it really does. It really does. But I want to read something from the study guide. Okay. I think it's quite interesting. Uh, it's interesting to me. Why, why, why is it important that Adam's skull is said to be under the place where Jesus was crucified? Mm-hmm. And some early Christian writers stated that when Christ died atop Golgotha, his blood seeped through the cracks of the earth after the earthquake, and it made its way through the skull to Adam. According to their view... This symbolically represents Jesus' blood being shed to cover the sins of the entire human race. Jesus, the last Adam, covered everything done by the first Adam. Hallelujah. It's just marvelous. really is. I just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Yeah. And Paul, I know I'm backing up a little bit, but I'm backing up to it is finished. And I want to read that still has a... Uh, application to us right now this minute that it jesus said it's finished and um, this is in paid in full and it says that first this was jesus explanation that he had finished the the work the father had sent him to do the work having been fully completed jesus bowed his head and died One writer has noted that when a servant was sent on a mission and then later returned to his master, he would say, Telelestai, meaning, I have done exactly what you requested, or the mission is now accomplished. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just was thinking about, you know, when we have a big task and we finally finish it and this Jesus had that. He had that moment. Father, I did it. I did it. It's finished. That's amazing. I mean, because he was as much human as he was God. And so he had that same emotion of like that we have, only his is magnified one thousand million times, that his humongous work that he did that it was finished. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love that. Mm-hmm. And he also says about that it was finished. Um, 
was the second thing I want to point out is the word tetelestai was the equivalent of the Hebrew word spoken by the high priest when he presented a sacrificial lamb without spot or blemish. Annually, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies where he poured the blood of that sacrificial spotless lamb on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. The moment the blood touched the mercy seat, atonement was made for the people's sins for one more year. When once again the high priest would enter beyond the veil and that sacred room to offer blood, this was done year after year to obtain the annual temporary forgiveness of sin. And of course now we have permanent forgiveness of sin through Jesus. Permanent. And he did exactly what the high priest did. He put the blood... On the mercy seat, made a complete atonement for us, and then he gave us forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Now, ever since the death and resurrection of Jesus, there have been all kinds of myths that Jesus didn't actually die. He uh, he didn't actually die. They just hid him for a few days, and then he came back. Or Jesus wasn't actually resurrected. His body was stolen from the grave. And then people began to say that they saw him. So there are all kinds of myths about Jesus' death. Did he actually die or was he actually raised from the dead? So that people could discredit the story of Jesus. But when we read John nineteen thirty-eight through 40, we see that there were people involved in the burial of Jesus. Yes. There's no mistaking the fact that Jesus died. Some people say, no, he didn't actually die. It, it wasn't as bad as they say it was. Maybe he didn't actually die. Well, we have Joseph of Arimathea asking for the body of Jesus. Yes. Then we have, and there came forth and took the body of Jesus. Then there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys about a hundred pound weight. So we have Nicodemus, we have Pilate, and we have Joseph of Arimathea, people who were not Jesus's regular disciples, people who didn't follow Jesus around, people who were kind of on the sidelines of this whole story. So we have people referenced here that weren't part of the... Uh, what would you call it? We're, we're part of the cover-up story, if there was one, and of course there wasn't. Mm-hmm. We're referencing people here that can actually prove that Jesus did die. And even the Pharisees, they, they wanted for nobody to steal Jesus' body because they knew that he, he, was, you know, he said he was going to be raised from the dead. Yes. And of course Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father. But even the Pharisees sent people to guard the tomb so no one would steal <laughs> his body. They were afraid that Jesus was going to be raised from the dead, that's and he truth. was. That's the truth. It's amazing. They're soldiers. They, they were ineffective. Yeah. Yes. Well, John chapter 19, verses 41 and 42. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher or a new tomb or a place where someone was to be buried, wherein was never a man yet laid. There... There lay Jesus, therefore, because the Jews 
preparation day for the uh, for the sepulcher was at hand. So they were preparing for Easter, and they took Jesus off the cross so that they could go on with their preparations for Easter. Once again, proof that Jesus did die. And that's important because Jesus was resurrected. It's important that we, we, we talk about this. Jesus experienced death, damnation, and hell so that you don't have to. He did it for you. He suffered on the cross. He suffered while he was being whipped. He suffered in preparation for his crucifixion and during his crucifixion, but also beyond that. He went to hell and came back so that you wouldn't have to go to hell. It's it's just, it's just amazing what he did for you, and we have to be grateful for him. That Easter, Easter is the celebration for Christians. Easter is the celebration for those people who actually believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Because if you don't believe Jesus was raised from the dead, it looks like a bunch of silliness. You're singing songs about the resurrection and you don't believe in the resurrection. It doesn't match. Easter is a celebration for those who believe. And it's a time of remembering. When we remember what God did for us and remember the victory over death and sin that he's given us now. It's, it's just simply wonderful. You know, Paul, there are so many witnesses to Jesus' death. In Mark chapter 15, verse 44, it says, Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead. So he called for a Roman military officer in charge and asked him. The officer confirmed the fact that and Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Mm -hmm. There are so many facts proving that Jesus really did die. You know, we know that Jesus appeared to so many people after he was raised from the dead. So many people. And it's so wonderful that Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father for our sins to be forgiven. You know, Jesus conquered death. He really did. He conquered death. He conquered death for all of us. And and the Bible says it's just a shadow. Because he conquered death, we're, we're just going to go through it like a shadow. I, I heard this most amazing illustration. Uh, a young boy... His um, uh, his mother, his mother had died, and the father was trying to comfort his son and talk to him about death. And he said to his young boy, he said, he said, uh, now son, if we were driving down the highway, and and we're in our little car, and next to us is a big semi truck. Now, and the sun's shining, that semi-truck is going to bring a shadow on our car, just a shadow. And he said, now, if the semi-truck hit us, that would be horrible. But the semi-truck is only there, and it's only bringing a shadow on our car. And he said, we don't have to be afraid of a shadow. And he said, that's what happened to your mom. Just a shadow came over her. It wasn't, it, it, it's just a shadow of death. It's just a moment. And that's because Jesus took the power and the sting and the horror of death. He took it on himself so that we, would, it, for us, death would be a shadow. Amen. It wouldn't be like a semi-truck hitting you. It would be just the shadow of that semi-truck. Well, you know, Mama, 
Grandma Arlita, my grandma, dad's mother, she died just a little while ago. Yeah. And I really like the way dad explained it. Okay. He said she she died in her sleep. And he oh, said uh -huh. she woke up in heaven. Yes. Mm -hmm. Death is just for a moment. You know, at the blink of the eye, we'll be with the Father. <laughs> and that is just a wonderful, wonderful thought. We're not going there to be judged. We're going there to live and have a feast with the Father. It's just wonderful. And Jesus did that for us. He died. He was raised from the dead. And He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And He is He is with us. Mm -hmm. So, if... if you know, if you have had any kind of fear of death, and it's normal for that, to, for us to fear it because we don't know what it is. We never experienced it. But Jesus took the sting of death. He took it so that we don't, we don't have to. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Apostle Paul gives us the simplest, if you could put it in these terms, the simplest formula to be saved. Or he explains it in the simplest terms possible. Mm -hmm. Something depends on what you say out loud. You have to say, Jesus is Lord. Because in saying Jesus is Lord, you're actually submitting to his authority. Then, when you believe in your heart that the Lord, the Father, raised him from the dead, mm -hmm. you get the full package, all the way from his birth to his resurrection. How do you know if you're saved or not? Or what do you need to do to be saved? Confess with your mouth, say aloud, Jesus is Lord, and believe with your whole heart that the Lord raised him from the dead. Amen. You know, Paul, there may be somebody listening that really doesn't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Would you pray that? Let's pray right now. Yeah. If you have never prayed the sinner's prayer, that's what most churches call it today. If you've never prayed the sinner's prayer or if you've never said out loud on your own that Jesus is Lord, follow me in this prayer right now. Father, Lord, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe with my whole heart. I believe my whole heart. That you raised Jesus from the dead. That you raised Jesus from the dead. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. For all my sins. For all my sins. Receive me now. Receive me now. And I thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. For my salvation. For my salvation. And your forgiveness. And your forgiveness. Amen. Amen. It's a very simple prayer. But it's probably the strongest prayer you've ever prayed in your life. If you prayed it for the first time, please contact us. Let us know that you prayed this for the first time. Or if you have any friends that need to hear the gospel right now, make sure you share it with them. I have a little bit of homework, a little bit of homework for you. Make time to share your testimony with someone this year before Easter. The best way to do it would probably be with your family at the dinner table. Take time to share your testimony with your family, your parents, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your children, your grandparents. Take time to share your testimony with those who are closest to you right now. And just like you would for Thanksgiving, ask each other what, are, what you're grateful for or ask each other, tell me your testimony. Tell me how God saved you or tell me about the day you got saved. Ask each other that question. And perhaps that will lead to the salvation of those people in your family 
that actually need that specific moment when they submit their lives to Jesus. Father God, I thank you that we can be together, and I ask you, Lord, to help each and every one of us today to celebrate the resurrection of your son. In the name of Jesus, amen. See you tomorrow in the next home group. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.